We are live here on Coffee with Humans with my new friend, Charles Reed. Charles, welcome to Coffee with Humans. Thank you, Jason. Pleasure to be here. Well, we got talking before the broadcast, which is usually uh, very superficial, but we are two, uh, two seasoned individuals ready to go deep, and I love it. <laughs> So uh, my first question, my thought is, uh, and this is a dialogue, by the way. So you know, you're, we're uh, feel free to you know ask me questions too. I'm curious though, what inspired you to click the button to agree to have coffee with me? Well, uh, you know, I, we're we're doing some promotion and some other things, but I ran across yours and looked interesting. And I said, hey, why not? You know, sounds like fun. <laughs> It sounds like fun to go live, uh, live, live audio and video across the internet. I, I, I do a lot of public speaking. Uh, you know, I, my, I was very lucky. We had in where I grew up in Davenport, Iowa, we had a children's theater, which was children putting on productions. Uh, long story to how it created. But anyway, starting at the age six, I was an actor. So I've been on stage since before I knew I should be worried about it. <laughs> And that, that makes was, it that was well over 60 years ago so acting acting as a young kid i found has made a huge difference in the ability to uh communicate a message in a compelling way yes i think some people who get into sales think that it's uh uh i feel like a checklist of you know best ways to communicate when really when really i think if you lay that foundation of hey you're on a you're on a stage and whether you're trying to sell something just to um not in a you know not in a disingenuous way but you're trying to get you have something that's powerful for your for your for your community you want to get that message across how would you do that it's like theater mm -hmm. it's part entertainment and part value creation uh and and that enables you to get your message across acting teaches people how to get messages feelings emotions across to a wide audience. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we're trying to do. Anytime we're trying to sell our ideas, ourselves, uh, our company, our business, whatever, to, to strangers or friends or potential clients, it's, it's an acting job. It's, it, you know, we're trying to communicate and acting teaches us how. Yeah. I was sitting in a, in a audience once of, I don't know, a thousand people or so. And the gentleman from the front of the stage uh, was talking about this idea of sales and how many people have this kind of built-in impediment to, to selling because they believe that sales comes from uh, that, that idea of a disingenuous salesperson, like you know, used car type of thing where, hey, I got to right. get you to go today. When in fact, if we turn it on our on its head and say, if I if I am holding right now something that is going to change your life, it'll revolutionize your existence, and you're just not yet aware of it, I I owe it to you to to understand how to communicate in such a way that it gets through the barriers that you naturally and we all naturally put up, and that is that's a gift. It's it's a service then to be able to communicate well and quote unquote sell. So that you now become aware of the tremendous value that could that that could you know uh, revolutionize your life in a way. Yeah, I mean, we we in our business we think very highly of it. We think we do a a fabulous job. Uh, we think we do a, a for our clients uh, with a great value. And so why not why not try and communicate that effectively? Because guys, 
uh, you know, you can be taken advantage of by a lot of our competitors, but uh, with us, you know, what you see is what you get and we're pretty damn good at it. So, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, I think you should, I think you should say that. I, I was driving around with my daughter we, we a couple, do. couple weeks ago and she's, uh, what did she, what were we talking about? Oh, I think, I can't, I think we were talking about karaoke or something like that. And I, and I make no bones about it. I love singing and pretty good at it. And, uh, she mm-hmm. said, well, why do you, you know, why, why are you going to do this live stream? I, oh, it was around Christmas time. I did this live stream and I, and I did some singing on it. Um, and she says, why are you going to do that? And I said, well, because I'm, I'm good at it and, and people watch and they want to hear it. And he said, she's like, oh, well, that's humble. And I said, well, well wait a second. <laughs> I, right. You've heard that too. Kids, and I children. <laughs> Children do that to you. <laughs> and I said, well, I told her, I said, you know, there's a difference between knowing what you're good at and being able to walk in that. And, and, and they said, and that's, that's simply owning your strengths, which I think we all have to own if we're going to become better at them. And I said, but that, that's not be, that's, that's, that doesn't mean we're not humble about it. Not being humble would be like, I'm a good singer and you're, and I'm much better than you and you're terrible. You know, and does somehow pull you, push you down. But that's that. I think, I think, I think we can own our strengths. We should own our strengths. Look, I'm 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 living in Texas, so you know it's not bragging if you can walk the walk. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Back it up. Well, we before the broadcast we were talking about loss. Um, yeah. And I and and it was super super powerful stuff where we got into. And I know, and I'm connecting this with one thing that you wrote in. Uh, in the the calendar invite when you scheduled, which was talking about surviving post COVID, and and I think that if we if we look at loss in general as a as a um, fundamental part of human existence, whether it's loss of relationships uh, by by you know choice or circumstances, uh, or it's loss of business by choice or circumstances, we now have this idea of COVID, and real loss to people part of people's fundamental existence uh what are what what are you circling around in your head as you're as you're looking at the landscape because i know you work with a lot of businesses and i know you've been through a lot of stuff but yeah and and, and i am and and you know just as an aside uh, the the pandemic of 18 i lost my grandmother hmm. so you know the, the 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 loss in the pandemic is is nothing new to me hmm. uh I don't remember her, but you know, understand. Uh, but yeah, a, a lot of our clients have lost business, have gone decreased business. Uh, they've lost leases. They've lost all kinds of things. It's it's been a disaster for millions of small businesses. And dealing with loss is is a bear. It's tough. We don't like we don't like to lose. We don't like to lose things, uh, and then to have them taken away. Uh, and many times, you know, the economy was great, and all of a sudden, bam! Uh, you know, it just people had, had uh, ramped up and got things going, and everything was going great. And March comes slamming halt. Everybody stay home, close your business. You know, uh, go vegetate, uh, which doesn't work. Right? Uh, you can't. You, you gotta. You know, how how can you not work? to take care of your family and put food on the table. I mean, you know, give me a break. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of anger uh, at what caused this. And, you know, it loss does cause anger. 
and you want to blame something outside, uh, whether it be your neighbor, God, uh, the guy driving the car, whatever. You always want to blame somebody. It's human nature. You want to make somebody responsible that you can take out your anger on. Well, it's kind of hard to take your anger out on a virus. Right. So you take it out on the governor, or you take it out on the president, or you take it out on whatever, because you want to blame somebody for something that has caused you such great pain. Taking it out of the virus doesn't work very well. Taking it out of the governor doesn't work any better. So uh, it's one of those things you got to deal with, and it's it's a real tough road to hoe, particularly yeah. if you've never had to deal with loss before. Right. Yeah, there's the there's the kind of the foundational principles of just being human and how people deal with loss, and then yep. there's the there's the more um, pragmatic uh, approach on top of that, which is okay. Well, what do I do? I've got this business, and now I was told to, sh- to shut up shop or uh, like restaurants. You know, you you can have like twenty five percent capacity or something, which is ridiculous. You can't survive like that. No. Uh, you know, r- restaurants uh, thrive on having their place full and turning tables. Um, and so uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite restaurants in Dallas, yeah. uh, the landlord just wouldn't work with him and they moved. And so he's sitting now with a huge restaurant empty because he needed to make his mortgage payments and the restaurant wasn't paying their, their rent. They've moved to another space and opened back up. But yeah, there's, uh, what do you do? And, and it's both sides. The business goes under, the landlord hurts, everybody's hurting. And and how do you deal with this? And basically, a lot of us are going to have to start over. Uh, our business was lucky. Uh, we didn't lose that many clients. A lot of our restaurants stayed in business with much reduced staff and so on, uh, beginning to ramp back up. Uh, and, and a lot of people are just starting over. We're getting a lot of new businesses, uh, a lot of people who got laid off permanently, uh, have taken their 401k or their retirement savings and said, I'm too young to retire. I got, I, I've got to make a living. So uh, whether it be any garage floors or landscaping or new this or new that, lots of new businesses are out there, which is very exciting. Um, you know, uh, keeping the American economy down forever ain't going to work. Yeah. It is going to rise. Yeah. It is, it's one of those things where necessity is the mother of invention. And if we, if we're thrust into this turn, this time, you know, time of necessity, it, we naturally create new things, which are designed to, you know, alleviate the pain or get us through to something. And, or some people have been thinking about, uh, you know, launching an idea. They've had it for 20 years and all this, and, but they were afraid to leave the stability. And then when, right. when stability is pulled out from under you and you realize, ah, it wasn't stable anyhow. <coughs> now it's like, well, well, why the hell not? What let's, let's just try it now. I've got to do something. Yeah. I've got this idea. I think it's going to work. I've got the funds to make it, to, to take a stab at it. I can't find a job anyway. So let's go for it. I'm, I'm no worse off if it fails. Yeah. Now, you know, there's a lot of that right at the beginning of that, that, that time. I think about, think about this arc of a person's transition for, uh, trauma or loss. Um, because it, it, there are, there are, there are things that people go through where it's, it's, it's almost, um, 
like darkness, right? So all of a sudden, like you had yes. this light on, boop, light is off. I saw a path, path is no longer there. And I think, in, at least in my own experience, many times people stop. They're just like, and I'm going to stop. There's no forward movement. There's no sideways movement. We just stop because there's darkness everywhere. What, what in your experience, having been through your own personal loss, but also seeing businesses in, this, in those times of real trauma and struggle, what, what's your experience in that space and how do people move through it? First of all, it takes time. You, you can't overnight say, I'm going to get over this. Uh, grief doesn't work that way. Uh, there's multiple stages and I forget them all, but you're in denial and yeah. on and on and on. And finally, you accept it. And it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, it takes weeks, months, years uh, to, to, to work through that. And it's a process and there's things you can do and books you can read that'll help you with that process. When you get to the point that you can read them, that you will listen to them. Uh, the first stage of denial and grief is just, you know, overwhelming. My wife died, my daughter died, my business closed, uh, whatever. The, the, these things, um, and, and so to expect yourself to be able to pick yourself up the next day and go out and make it work, give yourself time. It just doesn't happen overnight. Work at it, work at it every day, but don't expect miracles uh, overnight. Expect miracles in the end. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is one from Bill Gates. Uh, Men overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in a decade. Takes time. Yeah. Healing takes time. Re reinventing yourself takes time. You don't go to bed one night and wake up reinvented the next day. It takes time. It takes work. It takes pain. It takes money. It takes patience. It takes uh, everything you can think of and more. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's the. Uh, it seems. It seems that when you when you feel like I've got nothing left, all of a sudden you find another you find just another well or it's like growth or something or more bandwidth, something kicks in. It's like, oh, now I got more. Oh, and I have more and I have more. Well, see, it, it's not like Bud's uh, basic underwater demolition school for seals. Okay? okay. That you got a choice. You can get up and walk away. This is Bud's without the, the, the out. You, you got to go through it. You don't have a choice. Well, your only choice is to commit suicide. Yeah. And I don't recommend that under any circumstance. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're in your own buds and you got to suck it up, baby, and do what's necessary and do it every day, every day, every day, and you will get through it. Yeah. But there's no miracle cure. There's no fairy dust. Sorry. So what do you say to God, If I could have the fairy dust and sell it, I would, you know, <laughs> I'd be a, I, I'd make Jeff Bezos look like a piker. Exactly. So what, would, what do you say or what do you see for businesses then that are, that are working through this point of loss? Uh, you know, I mean, government government subsidies or funds kicking in or stimulus packages or whatever are sort of a drop in the bucket uh, for most people's yeah. expenses. Uh, and then, what 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 do they what do they do? What do you recommend? Again, keep after it every day, every day. The 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 end of the pandemic is near. 
summer maybe. Uh, every pandemic burns itself out. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here, okay? Yeah. We'd have died off a long, long time ago. Good so point. every <laughs> pandemic burns itself out. Uh, the economy will recover. Uh, yeah, the government stimulus is, is um, you know, smoke and mirrors uh, for most of us. Uh, the, for some people, it's been a lifesaver, and, and I don't begrudge them that in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, but it's not, it's not a guaranteed income. It's fine. They get out another $2,000 today. How long is that good for? A month? Okay. Two months, maybe? You know, it's, it's hard to live on $12,000 a year. So you, you got to just keep plugging away. There are jobs. There are businesses. There are things to do, places to go, things to create. Uh, uh, you know, there's a million ways to make money in this country. I, I learn new ways every day. I get bis new businesses in uh, that I've never heard of, okay? Um, there's, there's, there's so many ways to, to make money. Uh, if you have the <coughs> wherewithal to be an entrepreneur, this is the country to be one in. Uh, you can go into business tomorrow. Just say you're in business and start it. You don't need anything more than that. Um, <laughs> at some point, you'll need more, but, you know, Start That's true. As a sole proprietor and move forward. You know, just do it. Go into business. You can do it. It's that. It's literally that simple. There's some great books on it and some other things that'll help you along the way. But it's a matter of deciding. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Well, that's and if you decide. That's the key. That's the key, yep. isn't it? I was I was part of a task force or something like that where where they're discussing in our region um, that it should be easier to start businesses. And I was thinking that's bullshit. I think it's pretty easy to start a business. Uh, it's the trouble that even the smallest hurdle of like, I have a question, I got to go figure out an answer. Why Why should that somehow be easier than it already is? Because you're going to need so much more in the tank to be able to survive, you know, and push through some real challenges for or gro for growth or struggle uh, that the, it's the, the ease is so easy right now. If you can't go through those basic things, then I would question whether you should be an entrepreneur or start a business. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, there's some businesses that you have to have licenses and training. You can't just go say, I'm going to go be a cosmetologist in Texas. You, right. you got to be licensed. Okay. And you got to have so much school and so on and so forth. Uh, but you want to be a mechanic, open up a shop. You want to be a baker, start baking. Uh, my, my personal trainer, she comes over and beats me up three times a week. Uh, she's also a baker. She uh, dog sits. Uh, and she does um, jams and jellies that she sells at, at uh, fairs and all, all kinds of things. And she does all right for herself. She's busy all the time. Uh, so she's got at least, and she's a cosmetologist on top of that. So, <coughs> you know, when she finds herself a time, she finds another job, another business to, to put in there and, and, and fill the thing. So she's constantly busy. And she's a, uh, you know, the basic entrepreneur and she likes doing it. And if you like that, do it. Now, if you've got to work for somebody else, there's jobs. You may not like them. I've taken jobs I didn't like in the past. Uh, or I started my own business. Or I started my own business. I got tired of working for people. I'd worked in corporate and got tired of, I, I realized in corporate life, I was never going to get to the top because uh, I was unwilling to stab people in the back and toss them off the ladder. So. <laughs> <clears throat> I started my own business um, 30 years ago, 1991. Um, but I grew up in a family business. 
Um, so it, it was, it was, I thought that's what you did. <laughs> right. And, and entrepreneurship is not for everybody, but it can be. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people in the last six, eight, 10 years have been trying it on the side, a little side gigs. Uh, you know, if you had, make that side gig your permanent one, if your permanent job went away. Uh, it's just, there's more ways to make money in this country than you can count. Yeah. So just go do it. Well, it kind of gets... I know. It's, it's, a lot, it's a lot simpler for me to say it right. than to do it. And I went through all the trash of starting my own business and all the problems and everything else. And, and I wrote a book on it. Uh, but you can do it. I did it. Uh, millions of us have done it. Okay. Jeff Bezos did it. Okay. So why not you? Yeah. Well, that is, that I think is the key. You, you talked about how you knew you came from a family business. And so you just thought, well, that's what you do. And I've had similar questions like, well, you know, how'd you become an entrepreneur? Why, like, who told you you could be an entrepreneur? It's like, well, I did. I always thought that, like, why couldn't you just do what you wanted to do? I thought that's what, uh, you know, that was a thing. I didn't know that I had to be told you should just do what you want to do. Like, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I grew up from day one in a family business. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my father had the office in the house, had three secretaries. My mother worked with him. Uh, that's another thing. I, you know, I thought working with your spouse was ordinary way of doing business. <laughs> and then I went to business with my spouse. That's a learning experience right there. <laughs> Not for the faint of heart. <laughs> Not for the faint of heart. The one bad habit I had, to, I have to tell you that I had to break her up. Okay. We'd work together all day. We'd go home. We'd have dinner. We'd get ready for bed. We'd get into bed. And then she'd have one more thing she needed to get off her chest. One more problem she needed to talk to me about. Then she'd roll over and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there till two in the morning sometimes worrying about this thing she's just hit me with, trying to process it. Yeah. So uh, it took about a year, and I finally broke her that, and we made an agreement. After dinner, no more business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit of patience uh, to let the problems roll over into tomorrow, because there's always something, you know. There's always something. Yeah, you never could put a pin in it, which is the advantage, I think, of be of not being an entrepreneur, where you can actually, where you tend to be able to live in a in a tighter box and say, "This not not it. I'll deal with this tomorrow," <laughs> rather than just li having it become part of like all consuming. Yeah, and as as an entrepreneur, you have to be able to try to do that. It's, it's difficult. And I was on a panel here last year and they asked me about work-life balance and I cracked up. <laughs> I said, for entrepreneurs, there is no work-life balance. There's work. Okay. All day, every day, all weekend, all month, all year. You, you, you just have to pray you have a family that understands yeah. because as a budding entrepreneur, particularly in the beginning, the first 20 years, it's all work. Period. You say the first 20 years. <laughs> yeah. After that, eh, hopefully it gets a little easier. <laughs> <laughs> I think most people see the, see, uh, are, are lulled to sleep in thinking that entrepreneurship is, we, we start something and then 
we go public or we become super popular or, you know, they miss, they miss, I think, or don't understand the intense amount of effort that it takes, you know, sometimes 24 seven. Yeah. And it, it does. And sure. There are the unicorns. There's the Bill Gates, the Jeff Bezos, uh, you know, that, that turn into billionaires, Jack Dorsey, uh, Zuckerberg, so on. Uh, you know, you can, you can probably name me off 50 or a hundred of those. Well, you know, you know how many new businesses start every month in the United States? About 90,000 every month. Every month. Okay. That's five, six, eight, what, 10 million a year? Okay. And out of that, one, two, turn into billionaires? <laughs> right. God, your, your odds aren't really good. Now That's your true. odds are good that you can you can make a living yeah. and support your family and and do okay. Uh, you know I do all right, uh, but I'm not rich. Uh, God, I wish. You know I I was I I bought ten dollars on the mega the other night. Uh, I wanted to be an instant billionaire. I would have liked that after thirty years. It'd be nice, but you know <laughs> uh, we do okay. Uh, I pay my bills. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, put food on the table. So, you know, but it's, it's work. Yeah. Uh, and, and the first 20 years is tougher. It gets easier. Uh, but you know, in the beginning it is 24 seven, you're working it all the time, every day, uh, trying to keep customers happy, uh, trying to get product out, services delivered, uh, learning, 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 learning. Uh, it's a never ending process. I learn more about business every day, even today. What are your thoughts on folks who are looking to start businesses, particularly in this post COVID timeframe? What's their, what's, what, what are maybe like the, the top priorities to be thinking about as they're looking to uh, launch something? Well, first of all, you need a product or service that people want. Okay. Okay. Uh, they don't want it. It's, you may be able to get it, but it's 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 an uphill battle. The old saw about you know you build a better mousetrap and the world will be the path to your doorway. Forget it. It don't work. You got to market it and you've got to you've you've got to work at it. Uh, but the the biggest thing that that kills entrepreneurs uh, is cash flow. Uh, if you don't have enough cash, I don't care what happens. You're going to go out of business. Uh, you got to build up the revenue quickly. Uh, but you got to have cash to survive and you have to have cash coming in to keep it going. You know, you can have all the sales in the world, but if you're not collecting uh, and you can't pay your people or pay your product suppliers or pay your light bill, you're out of business. Uh, I have an old saw that I, I use with uh, entrepreneurs and new people is sit down and do up a, a cash flow plan. Uh, all, all the expenses that you can possibly think of, everything. And when you get done, and you know what your cash needs are for the business, double it, and you might have enough. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Harvard Business School's law of 10, 10 laws of business. I think the first one is never run out of cash. And I think the 10th one is also run, never run out of cash. <laughs> never run out of cash. <laughs> cash flow is king. I remember I started a business. Uh, we sold residential heating and air conditioning equipment online to consumers back in 2002. And... 
uh, I ended up selling that eight years later, but pr- during the middle of that, I ran out of cash for sure. And yeah. what saved us was the, the way that we paid our suppliers. So we had, we, because we were an e-commerce business, we would collect cash from, uh, you know, within one to three days or so from credit card settlements. And, and then we would pay our suppliers 45 days later or so. And, and all of a sudden they created that float, uh, and that buffer. And, and so the, uh, the ability to make mistakes during that time, because we're also profitable was, you know, pretty significant as the business was growing because that float kept increasing because our, you know, our sales were increasing and our expenses were catching up to us 45 days later. And if we were profitable as well, but then all of a sudden we misread the market at one point in time and sales started going down. Meanwhile, our expenses had been increasing and we didn't read it quite right. And shoot, we were underwater super fast and weren't paying attention. We didn't know. We, we had, we didn't understand the seasonality of the market. Um, that's, you know, if you don't understand your marketplace and what's going on and what's going to happen uh, and plan for it, uh, you know, that's like driving over the bridge, not realizing it's out in the middle. Yeah. Uh, it will come as a major surprise. Yeah. And that to, to our, to our benefit, that business, because, um, you know, because as soon as you could cut, ca- cut expenses, you had cash, you know, you had cash within a day because people keep buying stuff online. You know, we were able to turn that around pretty quickly, but it really did take going back and and really cutting off major parts of our expense structure. Um, yep. And and we took a you know it was, it was two steps forward, one step back type of thing. It's it's real easy when things are going well to spend money. Yeah, you know it's real easy to nicer offices, nicer car, nicer furniture secretary, you know, nicer car, all that kind of stuff. And then when it turns, as yours did, uh, you've got to be willing to go, and sometimes, you know, you've got that nicer office. Well, the landlord isn't going to say, okay, yeah, the downturn, you can cut your rent by half. No. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Sorry. So you've got to be parsimonious on all those things as you grow to make sure that you're building reserves uh, when the bad times are happen, and they are going to happen, there will be downturns. There will be market corrections. There will be pandemics. There will be all kinds of things. And if you're not ready to ready to withstand them, you won't. Right. There has to be some sort of built-in resilience, and you have and that plan that that resilience has to be planned for in businesses yep. it t- resilience personally tends to tends to build over time with the ups and downs uh but i think in in business there's there it has to be a little more structured uh things have to be put into place you can't just be like well you know we'll just kind of roll with it uh there are better ways to do it than to just you know roll with it plan please you know uh, be, be prepared be a boy scout be prepared now do you consult with businesses regularly all the time. That's yeah. when when we started. Now we're I'm now a basically a payroll company, mm-hmm. uh, providing small and small and medium businesses with payroll services around the country, and an author. Uh, yeah, but let me, real quick. Yeah, payroll book, my new book. Okay, we wrote the book on payroll. Uh, but when I started out, I'm a CPA. Yeah, 
Uh, and so a lot of our business was doing accounting and bookkeeping for small businesses and their payroll and consulting with them. Uh, so that was my job for, for most of the last 30 years is working with small businesses uh, and helping them. And, and um, so I learned a lot, a lot of businesses, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of things over the last 30 years. Um, that's why, you know, cash flow is so important in, in, in my opinion, because I've seen it destroy businesses, the lack thereof. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've consulted with, with small businesses heavily for 30 years and had a lot of fun. Good people. Yeah. And you also, uh, have a pretty storied background, uh, in terms of, in terms of the things that you've been involved in. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Look, I, yeah, I, it, it's in my resume someplace. Yeah. I've been in, in dozens of jails. Uh, I used to build them. Okay. <laughs> I was controller for Southern Steel. We did half the steel jail work in the country. So that was one of them. I've done a lot of things and had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, high tech, low tech, bending metal, uh, importing, uh, you know, wholesaling, retail. Uh, hell, I used to work for an aluminum siding company, uh, making aluminum siding. So, you know, I've done all kinds of things in my life and had a great time doing it. Yeah. And you're C so you're a CPA, an author, uh, ex-military, used to build jails. Marine. Mar okay. There you go. Sorry. Marine. Yeah. <laughs> Ex-Marine. Uh, and and then the uh and then you you've gone further then into your CPA work, uh, right. into uh working with the IRS somehow. Uh, the last three years, I've been on the IRS Advisory Council, okay. uh, ERSAC, and there's about 25 of us, and we go to D.C. five times a year and consult with the IRS in various areas. There's multiple groups, uh, and I normally am dealing with small business, wage investment, uh, forms, procedures, policies, uh, things to make tax collection work, not work, all this kind of stuff. It's been fascinating. Uh, meet the, all the the commissioners of the various divisions. Uh, had lunch with the with Chuck uh, Reddick a couple of times. Uh, he's the commissioner. Nice guy. Uh, for a lawyer, he's a nice guy. Uh, and uh, uh, that allows me to do my job better because I've learned a lot more about the workings of the Internal Revenue Service and the people. <clears throat> we had a we had a client. Uh, we were fighting a penalty. It took nine years to get it fixed. I finally called the deputy chief of appeals and said, I can't get so-and-so to return my calls after a year. She said, let me check in that. He called me that afternoon. We solved the problem. Three months later, the, the client got a $400 rebate. <laughs> and the $95,000 penalty went away. Wow. Uh, but I, I, I we, we knew who to talk to. Yeah. So that, that, Sometimes it's not what you know, it's who you know. A lot of times. So, <laughs> you know, a lot of times, and with the IRS, solving a problem with the IRS is a whole series of no's followed by a single yes. Hmm. And when you get that yes, say thank you and get the hell out of there. Don't keep talking. <laughs> so you just keep after it, after it, after it. And sooner or later, hopefully you'll find somebody that's reasonable and says, eh, that makes sense. Okay, we'll go ahead and abate that penalty. Interesting. Yeah, I'm good at it. Yeah. And then I'm a U.S. tax court practitioner. 
which allows me <coughs> to represent my clients in tax court without being an attorney. There's about 200 of us in the country. Hmm. And so if we get a real problem, I can file a petition with tax court for 60 bucks. And that takes it to a whole different level. The first thing it does, it goes back to docketed appeals, gets a, uh, a IRS lawyer to look at it and say, do we really want to take this to court? 95% of all U.S. tax court cases get settled before court. Yeah. Okay? So that's something we can do for our clients that most companies can't. Hmm. Kind of you know, the, that compliance expertise is what makes us unique. Right. And those are the things that, you know, folks get into later, later on. It's not, you know. I was 65 when I got my, my, my U.S. TCP. It's never too late. Yeah. I'm actually thinking about going back to law school. Really? Yeah. Huh. My so you're going to. My alma mater has opened, opened one up in Dallas and, you know, I've been talking to him. Yeah. Well, you're a driven, you're a very driven guy, it seems. Uh, would you, would you agree with that assessment? Oh, absolutely. I, I tell my staff that one of these days they'll find me at my desk dead and, you know, <laughs> just call, call the coroner and have him come get the body. Okay. Uh, <laughs> retirement to me is, you know, having lost my wife a few years ago, uh, there's just no reason to retire. I'm just going to keep working and I enjoy it. Uh, I, I enjoy getting up every morning and coming to work. Uh, I enjoy my staff. I enjoy my clients. I enjoy the business. Uh, why would I want to quit? Right. I don't have to. <laughs> they can't throw me out at 65 or they would have seven years ago. <laughs> That's great. Well, and you've got, uh, you've got also a writing streak in you to be able to, uh, to crank out some <laughs> books. That's no, yep. that's, that's a hard task I've found to, to really get your thoughts out in a, in a, in a, in a way that's worthy of a book. <laughs> well, this, this, this one is, is 30 years of experience distilled down into 90,000 words. Huh. It took two years, <laughs> literally this two years, you know, it's, it, it, you're right. Writing is not simple. I mean, these guys that ch churn them out, you know, every three or four months. Wow. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. Okay. You know, George will turns out what one and a half a year or something. Wadey tomes and, you know, uh, Thomas, uh, uh, soul and other people, uh, you know, they, they kick out these books on a regular basis. And I'm going, wow, I have two years into this and I'm not ready to start my next one yet. <laughs> totally. I've been thinking about books constantly. I've, I started, I started, you know, writing one like in 2011 or something like that. And I, <laughs> and I got into, I got like three chapters in and I was like, I don't know what I'm talking about. And then, and then, and then I kicked that can down the road. And then I started writing another one uh, last year, and or maybe 2019. I can't remember. And I got probably about two or th two chapters into that, and I was like, "Ugh, I don't think I know anything." And then I like nobody cares what I'm saying. And then yeah. I and then I I might have another one sort of birthing right now. But it's that's that seems to be for a lot of people the first the first hurdle, which is. I've got something to say and then go, eh, but nobody really cares. <laughs> well, you know, and, and it's, it's tough because it, it's, it's, it's not like public speaking. You're not looking at them and saying, seeing the smiles and the frowns. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're, you're doing this at a distance and you're selling it. You don't know what they think. We're up to, I think, 46 
reviews, uh, all five star except two, which are four star. We're pleased with that. Uh, so we're getting some good response from it. Sales are going up. We're never going to get rich off of the sales. And the point of the book for me uh, <clears throat> was not to make money off the book. The point was to get clients. Uh, it's it's my it's my business card. Uh, I keep a box of them in my trunk and I hand them out. Okay, I hand them out at restaurants. I hand them out at uh, small shops. I hand them out everywhere. You know, uh, and I picked up one and I haven't done it yet. Uh, a suggestion and it's called uh, uh, shop gifting. Uh, take three or four and when you're at the airport, go to the bookstore and put them on the shelf <laughs> and leave. That's, I mean, the price is, price is on it. He'll take it to the counter. The guy will ring it up for him. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a great idea. I never would have thought of that. <laughs> I, I hadn't either. You told me that. I went, wow, I'm going to have to try that. Next time I go to an airport, I'm going to take a few extras with me. <laughs> <laughs> I like your way of getting clients, too. It's like uh, you, you'd be like, hey, you know what? You could read this 90,000-word uh, tome, or you could just pay us to do it. <laughs> Well, that, that's the point is once you've read that, you realize, Jesus, there's more to this than I ever imagined. <laughs> God, it's so much cheaper to just let Charles do it. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> that's a great idea. Yeah. Well, what's, what's, uh, what, are the, what are the topics, the big topics that are on your mind for this coming year? What are you working towards? Growth. Uh, we're, we're actively seeking new clients. Uh, it's been a, a good year so far. Uh, we had more new clients at the first year than we've ever had. <coughs> a lot of them small, but that's okay. I like small clients. Uh, we don't go after the big guy. Uh, mm. It's too much competition and, and too much pain. Mm. I much prefer the, 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 the guy that has four employees. I love those people. Okay. Uh, the lawyer, the doctor, the dog groomer, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, I like small business. Uh, they're easier to work with. And once we get them on board, they just keep keep processing every two weeks forever. Uh, we don't lose clients to speak of. Uh, knock on wood. So growth is the big thing. Marketing. Uh, I've got a marketing staff now that, that seems to be pretty good. Uh, Michael, my uh, videographer who does all my technical stuff and shoots all the, the, the blogs and the videos and commercials for clients and so on. Um, real sharp young man. Enough. Josh, who's my marketing manager, then Chris, who's my operations manager, is just fabulous. Uh, he's, uh, I, I stole him from paychecks here about seven, eight years ago, and he makes my life easy. They don't let me do payrolls anymore. I, I don't know the software anymore. We've changed. And so, you know, I, I still am the advisor, but I, I'm not, not the operations guy. <laughs> makes sense. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's good. It is the time. It is a time of growth, I think, for a lot of people be off of this troublesome year, uh, and then yes, you know, kind of feeling like maybe there's some stability coming back to to the marketplace, uh, especially now that the campaigns are over. Uh, people just like people yeah. like uh, uh, people don't like um, things that are unknown, right? That's fear of the unknown just withholds people's forward movement in a lot of ways or keeps them back. Uh, so now we've got some knowns, and I think that that sure. what we're seeing is that people are starting to kind of reinvest. Fear of change is is is, is a big uh, block for a lot of people. Uh, they they don't want change. They fear it. They don't know what's going to happen. 
uh, better the devil I know than the devil I don't know. Mm. So I understand that, but uh, there's, you know, one thing you can be certain of in business, it's going to change. Yep. So. Well, on that note, uh, thanks for joining me for Coffee with Humans. This has been uh, enlightening uh, and valuable, I think, for all of our viewers and listeners. It's been fun, Jason. It's It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. Absolutely. Well, you and I will talk soon. Our viewers and listeners, thanks for joining us and catch us next time. Coffee with Humans. One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls. This has been Coffee with Humans. Subscribe to get updates or click to have coffee with me. Coffeewithhumans.com.